Ladies and gentlemen, you are now about to witness the journey that is Life Choices Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Life Choices Podcast, where we discuss mindset, success, the good, and the tough aspects of going after your passion. Hello to you. I'm Bradley David, your host, and today we have DJ Nick Flash. What's going on, Bradley? Not Happy much, to be Bradley. here. Chilling, chilling like we do. How's your day going? Um, you know, normal day. Yeah, what is that? What is that? What's a normal day in the life of a DJ? <laughs> a lot of, like, geeky stuff. A lot of, um, you know... Listening to music as a DJ can become a job, actually, right. because I'm not just like listening to music to relax or whatever. A lot of the times when I'm listening to music, it's because I'm like gathering what am I going to play this week? What's what am I going to play this month? And kind of going through all different kind of music on Spotify, going down rabbit holes and rabbit holes. And then there's the organization of that music. So on Spotify, I might hear a hundred songs mm-hmm. out of that hundred songs. I may have liked 20, 25 of those songs, right? Like mm-hmm. really liked them. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go through those, download those, find the crates for them and then put them in and, and put them into the crate. Okay. This so is a, this is a virtual crate, virtual record crate. Correct. Right. Right. Cause nowadays is a lot different than, you know, what we grew up watching people do, which is literally schlepping schlep in an actual crate of all their vinyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So would you would you say this is a bit more tedious because you actually have to filter through all of this technical? Mm. I don't know if it's more tedious. Um, I don't think it's more tedious, no, because it still requires the same amount of listening. Right. You know what I mean? You're just kind of cutting out going to the record store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when I started DJing, I first started because I was just obsessed with vinyl. Okay. Right. Which, I was just a vinyl collector. Right. That was just one of the ways that I got into DJing. Mm-hmm. So I was always obsessed with hip hop culture as a kid. Right. And I wasn't a good break dancer. Okay. You know what I mean? I knew I wasn't a very good artist. So graffiti wasn't really um, in my wheelhouse. Right. Uh, I did write a lot of poetry as a kid, so like rapping tended to be something that I like was really into, and I got into like the rap aspect of hip hop first, mm-hmm. and then um, as I progressed, I, I wanted to learn scratching, and you know I wanted to learn the turntablism okay. part of hip hop. I thought that was really like important to me, so um, eventually I, I got a set of turntables. And how old were you? Uh, probably about 21, 22. Okay. When I first got got turntables. Got your first decks at 21. Yeah, 21. I already had a love for hip-hop. Love for hip-hop. Yeah. One of the loves that I had, though, was finding, like, the samples that, like, my favorite rappers took. Okay. My parents, you know, they listened to a lot of R&B and soul music and stuff growing up and, like, jazz and smooth jazz and I would always be like, ah, turn it off, dude, for real. Like, you know, every kid, like, doesn't want to listen to what their parents listen to. Right, right. You know? Uh, I mean, I still listen to what my parents listen to, but they listen to, like, all the But maybe now when you're world. older. But as a kid, oh, as a kid, you're like, yeah. oh, this is lame, yeah, dad. I get what you know? you're saying. So, but then when, like, I discovered hip-hop, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, they're playing, like, they're taking the song that my mom listens to, like, you know, Warren Warren G's rapping on like a Michael McDonald song. Like, what's going on? You know, right? 
you know that kind of that kind of piqued the interest yeah 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 yeah. so i was like oh that's cool you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that as that aspect of it so i think that you know just a love for vinyl a love Mm -hmm. for like finding out like how how that record was made right uh how they took samples and manipulated samples to make like a hip-hop song yeah always intrigued me so when I when I was going, um, so this is going to go back quite some time. But when I was living in Ottawa, Ontario, we had this one uh, after hours club called Atomic, and it was the only place we could go for like that kind of music: the DJ, the spinning the vinyl. And what always got me energized, or actually got me on the floor dancing, was those those songs like you're talking about that the musician sampled from the Bee Gees, but put it with some kind of hip-hop or drum and bass. Right. And it just it just blew you away because you're hearing two different genres come Was drum and bass big? That, 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 for, drum and uh, bass. After our spot? At our spot, yeah. They had like they had like a, a main floor and an upstairs, basically. The upstairs was the techno, and the downstairs was more of like the hip-hop and the drum and bass. Nice. And the drum, drum and bass, bass is coming back, by the way. Oh, I fucking love that shit, man. Yeah, it's coming oh back, God. by the way. I'm like a pinball machine on the dance floor when that shit happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about now because, you know, It's still got a little but ways to go, but it's yeah. it's it's definitely coming back. Like Skrillex's new uh, track, he just got, he's working with Pink Pantheris, and she uses a lot of, like, drum um, drum and bass elements in her songs. So, okay. so like, that, that new Skrillex record is is is, is, a, is a, a turning point in, like, my, the... Uh, Drum and bass resurgence, I should say. Right, okay. That's a modern day rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. How do you how do you feel like so here in West Palm where you're where you spin Mm -hmm. uh, or where I know you spin, I'm sure you you do a lot more. What do you what do you think about those clubs right now? Like are are you able to In West Palm Beach? Yeah. Are you able to really like what's inside your belly? Like you're a good yeah. DJ, and I know that because I go out to the bar and I listen to you and I watch the crowd and everyone. You, you know, you know. Where's how the last time you see me at Kachina? When? Uh, would have been last winter. Last winter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't seen you DJ. You gotta since come then. out like n- now. Like yeah. you gotta come out. I'm busy, I'm busy building a company, man. <laughs> hey, you got a party too. <laughs> but like anyway, the the ability that you mm-hmm. have as a DJ, which we know is very important, is to draw that crowd in, and and you're not talking to them mm-hmm. through words necessarily you're doing it through the music that you're playing yeah do you do you feel that like you're able to do whatever you want right now there's a limit there's a limit but um but right now i'm in a good position i mean the the owners of the venues trust me Mm -hmm. to make the the right calls and the crowd kind of trust me at this point too do you do you trust you yeah 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 i mean I push the limits. Mm-hmm. I push the limits. You know yeah. what I mean. I definitely give people what's familiar, but I'm always like uh, hipping them to new records. Yeah, for sure. Because um, I, I think that those of us that do go, I mean, I don't go that much anymore. I don't party that much. But when I was going, I was really going to see how far that DJ could take me. Right. I put a lot of a lot of my evening in their hands. Right. And I think there's a there's a passage from a book I want to read. Okay. Okay. And uh, I'll read it later, but you'll be probably pretty impressed that I have this book. But I have the book because of you. Okay. Any idea what book? The the DJ book that I posted on my Instagram. Actually, this is and this is good lead in for that because uh, DJ Underwood, shout out to him. He's the one who gave me that book on Monday. And you're talking about pushing the limits. Yeah. Uh, Locally, 
uh, this young cat, DJ Underwood, he helped uh, he helped me actually produce my my EP. He was yeah. one of the producers on it, but he pushes the limits so far, and like people really respond to him. Uh, it's really magic to see. He does Mondays and Saturdays at the OG in Del Rey. Okay, and he he's unlike anybody I've ever seen, like lo- on a local level. Right, he just takes people on a wild ride. He takes me on a wild ride. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, like. He's doing something. I mean, he was literally playing. I'm going to just give you an example. He was playing a song from the original Nintendo Zelda. Get out right? Of here. I, in the middle of the club and was mixing it with Drake, like mm. over, like, and he was playing that and then, like, throwing Drake on. And then he went into, like, 2010s, like, knife party, Skrillex, but then he would, like, go back into hip hop and then he would take you in, onto, like, reggae afro house vibes like up i i've never seen anything like it to be honest yeah. with you so like as when it comes to pushing the limits he he's he's really doing that and like in order for me to push limits more i gotta go see what the younger cats are doing right absolutely you know i gotta go see what because sometimes i feel like i can get in my own world and it tends to become a little bit more mechan like mechanical and methodical okay and when I was a younger DJ, I used to be like like he was, like mm-hmm. going everywhere and go, you know. But the scene in in West Palm and it's it's very much more like dance house centric. Okay. So I, I t- I've been tending to stay in in the one twenty one twenty five you know beats per minute range, whereas he's like dipping and diving and coming up. You know what I mean? Um. So it's it's interesting to see, mm-hmm. but as far as pushing limits, yeah, yes, yes, and no. I try to be very familiar, but I'm always looking for new records. And my style as a DJ now is to kind of just do, do what I think is right without trying to go over people's heads. Basically, right? Yeah. Well, you still need to be able to bring them in, which is important. Otherwise, I won't be on the dance floor. Right. Right. I mean, I love your passion right now when you talk about other people and how they're doing certain things. And, you know, your love of music is clear. Like, I've only known you for a short period of time. You know, we had a pizza party here and you came. And even though we had kind of crossed paths before, we didn't really connect until we actually had a conversation here, which clearly got us to this point. And uh, like you said earlier about coming by more often, I mean, doors always open. Yeah, no, I really want to make it a point this year to come by. We don't have uh, hundreds of people that come by the compound and, and hang out and do what do that sort of stuff. Um, regularly, we have a select few people that don't need an invitation. You're one of them. You don't you don't need to call ahead. That's awesome. Just like if you're in the neighborhood and you're like, damn, I wonder what the boys are doing. You just yeah. drive on over. If no lights are on, no lights are on. But hey, ninety nine percent of the time, we're in here just chilling, just having conversations. So gotcha. Doors always open for cool. good people. Cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. Um, possibly the fears um as a 21 year old which is a hard time in people's life to go after something you you got your first decks at 21 uh-huh. and started learning your craft which let's be honest most people would probably t- tell you not to go after such a career because in some people's eyes unfortunately uh 
you know, how are you going to make money? Most people don't realize how much money a DJ can make, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and they've made this kind of money for years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in, in the book, uh, DJ saved my, uh, the DJ saved my life. Yeah. Um, you that's know, cool that you read. I haven't picked it up yet. Like, oh, to no, read ta- yet. dude, when I, res- that's sick. when I respect somebody and when it comes to books, which is my new thing over the past year, I'm all about educating myself on a multitude of different topics. And yeah. when someone I respect says, Hey, you got to read this book, dude, the instant I saw your post, Amazon cart. Oh wow! Purchase. Got it. Well, I, well, one of the things I talk about with DJ Underwood is like the the appreciation of like history when it comes to mu- making music, mm-hmm. like knowing your history as a DJ. And when he pulled that book out, like I was like, oh damn! Like he takes his history very seriously. And I think as a musician or any kind of artist, you do in a sense, have to take your history seriously. You have to know about the people that came before you. You have to, like, you see pay certain, homage pay homage and see certain trends and and things like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So well, I read in the book, and it's early on in the book, you know, it talks about how, you know, DJs, you know, some people don't realize it, like, you can make, you know, thousands of dollars a night for doing a set, and people need to understand doing a set's not easy. It is artistry, and it does take time and effort and practice to put together a good set. It doesn't just happen, like, in one second. And, you know, the fact that, you know, DJs nowadays, you know, they are flying in private jets and taking around in limos, and, like, it's a very uh, celebrityism-type job now. Mm. But when you were 21, maybe not as much. Oh, no. And and, and taking that... Uh, leap of faith in yourself to make a career out of spinning music at a club most people would kind of look down upon that how how did how does that kind of topic in the conversation make you feel or how did it make you feel then compared to now um back then i really didn't i really didn't care about anybody's opinion about what i didn't really like yeah i didn't really have a lot of people in my ear telling me like you can't do that or, okay. like, I didn't really have that. Like, you know, I was just kind of young and, like, doing my thing. I, I I think I worked, like, I was always been in the hospitality business, so I was always, like, a waiter or something in a restaurant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, so I was making money. And then right. I was, I had little side hustles here and there that I made some money. So I wasn't really hurting for money. Right. I, when I did something, I, I just basically did it because I, I, like, liked it. You know, music was just something I did because, like, I liked that it really didn't care. I just wanted to, like, learn how to scratch and, like, be able to. So I didn't really care, you know. When I started doing actual parties, I, I had just seen somebody in the, like, in the paper that said, you know, DJs wanted birthday parties, whatever, you know. So, and that's, back then, it was, like, there was no Ser- Serato yet. Like, it was just getting started. Mm-hmm. So like I was spinning on CDs, so I had to like burn CDs, and you know I had like full things of CDs. I would buy CDs and you know rip them and and all and all that. So I didn't really have a lot of people telling me like you 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 can't or or anything like that. That's amazing. So you yeah, had, you, had more, you had more of a support system. Than I you did people telling you. Yeah, no. I did. I mean, even when even when I was like working in the restaurant, like they knew I DJ night. They, Oh, they had a kid's party or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, here, like it's have Nick DJ it. You know, nobody was like, nobody was like, no, you you shouldn't do that. Or you can't do that. That's amazing. As far as DJing goes. Because unfortunately a lot of people, you know, they don't have that support system already when they start something new. I mean, I'm sure some people had some doubts, but Mm -hmm. they didn't really, 
express them or what or whatnot, you know. And it sounds like regardless, you wouldn't have let it bother you anyway. No, that back then I really I was like kind of delusional as a kid. Yeah. I was kind of delusional. So I was say, just like, you say back then, uh huh. But it doesn't it doesn't bother you now. What? Any of the stuff. Oh, a lot of things bother me yeah. more now. <laughs> <laughs> things bother me more now, yeah. How so? I don't know. I mean, I'm more confident, but, like, I am also a little bit more sensitive to, to because reputation is so in, so important in, in this line of work right. or in any line of work. Mm. So, you know, I, I do tend to, to take people's comments a little bit more seriously depending on... on on what the situation is. Okay. Just be, just so I can like know where to, how to respond, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? What, what would be, what would be like your worry though, that if you responded incorrectly, that you wouldn't get the gig. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certain, there's so many like little political things when it comes to like the nightclub scene. Okay. You know, there's that, so that many some of us like, see, I'm it, not, in the nightclub scene. Like yeah, you. there's so many. Well, I mean, I think nightclub and scene and business scene, there's so many little nuances like in, in a social setting mm-hmm. that af- can affect you so greatly. Okay. So I, I tend to be more, I tend to be more on the lookout for those, for those things like a, a, a comment here or something said here or body language here that tells me, you know, that tells me yes or certain no. things that could be beneficial or, not beneficial or, or to my career or hinder the career. Okay, so. so you actually have to be more aware of your surroundings than most people because if you move left or move right, someone might in, interpret that incorrectly and right. that, that could snowball into something else down the line within the community. Right. Okay, that's interesting. Right. right. So I wouldn't... So I wouldn't that's, I do, that's, a tough, that's a tough situation. Yeah, so I, I, I am aware of people's comments. I don't try to, like, let them... I don't stew on them or right. whatever, but I am just more aware of people's comments, and I like to think a little deeper on why they... You know, why they pat me on the back so much or why or why they, you know... Okay. W- criticize. Right. Who, who, are the, who are the people in your industry uh, that you would say you either look up to or that you, like, can confide in, like... Well, uh, I would say um, one of my mentors, Kenny Mondo, he's had a, a mobile DJ business for like 30, uh, 30 years here in Florida. He's been a DJ like most of his life. And he kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes. So I, I trust him. He's known me since since I first started and he kind of believed me and put and pushed me and and things like that. So uh, I tend to I tend to. To confide in more of the people I knew, like back in the back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, that were that were there for me, like in the beginning, your day, your day ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to have those people because yeah, it's it's hard to find people that you can like rely on and trust. And you know, like you said, I got those guys here, and I didn't have them right. ten years ago. You know, I've known these guys for ten or twelve years, and they they get me through, and you know, I get them through. We all kind of you know. Lean on each other to make sure that we're all good at the end of the day. So, what what else uh, would you say is in the mix right now for you? I mean, there's quite a there's quite a lot of things. I th- there's quite a lot of things. I I, I don't want to like list them off mm. because I you know in case they don't happen and and this and that you know I, I just want to focus on my writing this year. Okay, realistically writing whether it yeah. be songs or whether it be like fiction. Okay, so writing fiction. Yeah. 
Like what? So, so I, I have some children's book ideas, and I have some, some, like, Amazon has this new thing that they're offering now called, um, I, I don't know what, like, oh, Kindle Vela. Okay. Kindle Vela is, like, basically writing, like, episodic fiction. Okay. So I have, like, a lot of things that I've written that it's very long that I could actually chop up into little, like, episodes. Gotcha. So I, I want to try to, like, delve into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how much of that, like, I'm going to delve into this year, but that's something that that I'm pretty passionate about. Okay, so we have multifaceted stuff going on. Here. Yeah, and then with my company, the Lightbulb Agency, I'm working on acquiring a couple of uh, intellectual properties. Okay. And being able to like manage manage that too. So there's an element of business in there as well. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love I love people that go after multitudes, but I don't want to try to spread myself thin. Like a big goal of this year is just not not to take on too much. Just right. focus on the writing and focus on on, on the art a little more th- than than the business. Trying to keep a good balance of business and art. You know, right. Now, how are you going to do that? Because obviously we all know when you're trying to do something, you still got to pay the bills. Right. So, so in in that regard, I'm going to stick to the the business of like booking DJs and booking talent and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you know, keeping the club circuit, right. Club circuit going. So you're you're still going to spend music, spend music, book other DJs and uh, things, things like that. So you're going to continue, I, we'll call it a nine to five, even though the hours are different, yeah. but that's your main source yeah. of getting stuff done. But you're going to continue with the uh, grind of going after these other businesses that you do, these other ventures. Correct. They kind of tie on. into what I do. So. Right. So it's a, it's a yeah. full time every day, seven yeah. days a week, not yeah. much rest, keep it going. Yeah. And that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No stop. No stopping. No stopping. No stopping. It's all, it's all uphill from here. Right? There's no time for vacation. <laughs> yeah. There isn't. Well, I mean, I feel like when you do what you love, it's kind of, your life is like a vacation yeah. in a way. To, you can set your life up to where it comes almost vacation-like. Right. So, like, basically, you wake up when you want, knowing that you still have to put in a lot of hours. Right. But if you want to take a couple hours off in the middle of a day and go see a friend for lunch. Boom. You're good. Boom. Right? There you go. Work on your own schedule. Boom. That's the dream for everybody. This is the dream. All right. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I and mean, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to move away from my nine to five to get my five to nine going and uh, become uh, self-sustainable, which mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, and eventually, uh, I would like to have as many companies and businesses and ventures like you have going on for yourself right now. That's obviously the goal. I don't ever want to sit still. Yeah. I can't. I want to keep going and keep being busy. Hell yeah. What uh, what's big picture for you though? Let's what's ten years from now? Uh, I want to focus on more like family stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trying to build like because I feel like the one thing I did learn on the road, uh, if your relationship life is not healthy, you can forget about your your uh, creative life being healthy. Right. To be honest with you. So relationship life, like all relationships, or are we speaking uh, about a specific relationship? No, I mean I'm, sp- I'm I guess I'm. Speaking more in terms of family, mm-hmm. I guess, family and friends, but, you know, maybe having more children, things like that. Okay, gotcha. I yeah. think that's really, really important. Right. Well, I mean... For I, me, anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I don't have any children um, yet that I know about, um, but it's something I've always wanted, and, you know, it's not something I can speak too much upon because I've only ever been a child, 
I've never been a parent. I don't know what that life is like. I'm sure it's very difficult at times, but very rewarding at times. So for someone uh, of yourself that says you want more. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I want to be able to help raise my, my niece and nephew, my Mm -hmm. daughter, have, you know, more children, maybe have a boy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And have a good relationship with your parents. Correct. All that sort of stuff. I think that's a, a wonderful thing to bring up because, you know, everyone talks, you know, everyone says things that sound, sound nice, you know, like, oh, I love my family and like, blah, blah, blah. But like, do you spend time with them? Do right. You call them. You right. Know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people are wrapped up in their own world. Which I tend to be wrapped up in my own world. Mm-hmm. I do tend to be that more right. often than not. Mm. But, I mean, with that being said, also knowing that, knowing that that's something I want to work on, you know what I mean? And that's not to, that's not to take anything away from the work. It's more, it's more just about having someone you can trust there that you do want to have kids. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to raise kids properly or, you know, in a way that's beneficial to the world really. Right. You know, and having that ability to communicate openly in those relationships Mm. is important. Right. I think we touched that we touched base on that um, on our last episode is the ability to communicate with others and when talking about you know friends and family it's, it is very important it's it's difficult at times because a lot of people take things too personally when you talk to them about stuff. I can agree with you on being wrapped up in oneself a too a bit too much. I do tend to um, focus a lot on on myself, my career what I'm trying to get off the ground running with. And and I tend not to, like I have two older brothers and we don't talk regularly at this moment. And I'm hoping in time, because I've made that decision that I'm going to put forth the effort more to pick up the phone, which is like what we used to do back in the day is you'd actually call somebody and say, Hey, how you doing? Instead of this Mm -hmm. texting, which is not really personable anymore. So it's difficult. Where, where do you like, where do you start off? Do you think? Oh, it starts off by, uh, it starts off obviously with you. Right. Right. You know, seeing the lifestyle that you want to have and want to share with somebody, at least be on the path to that. You don't need that in order to start dating or starting Mm -hmm. to reach out to people that that you want to have relationships with, but at least have a good head start on it. Right. You know, um, and then being able to put yourself put yourself out there, like date 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 a lot, right? You know, date a lot, like that's a tricky part. That it, it takes time, and it yeah. takes time, and it takes effort, and it takes effort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it takes time, and it takes effort, and not just being like set. You know, oh, this person loves me, this person likes me. Let me just settle with them because I don't right. want to put out the work anymore. I don't want to go date anymore. Yeah. I mean, listen, like, you know what like, I mean? Like, hey, I do know what you mean, man. I've been out here for a long fucking time. 45 yeah. years young, uh, single. I had a couple of obviously unsuccessful relationships because if they were successful, I'd be with them. It's not easy out there dating. Um, it, it's a bit uh, discouraging at times. But I understand what you're saying. You have, you have to be willing to be out there. And you you really do. In, and, and being mature enough to talk openly with the person and, and and not just person that you want to date, but like you said, with your friends and your family, you, you really kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit more sometimes than you'd like to mm-hmm. in order to open up that, that door, that right. possibility. Right. So, 
Yeah, dating is uh, not fun. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to, you got to, it is what you make it, realistically. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm at a point right now where it's just like, I, I don't even want to go out. You know, know what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I honestly, like, it, maybe it's selfish, and I just, I want to be, I want to be at home and I want to work. And I'm like that too, but that t- takes, talk about mental health, it does take a toll on you because when right. you're working too much and you, and you don't really have somebody there yeah. to back you up and support you, uh, you're, you can like lag a little bit in the, in the, you can lose your momentum. You can lose your momentum gotcha. because it starts weighing on you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where at I, at least me. Yeah. That's where I, that's where I lean on. Like my, my group of boys here is like my day job takes me out of the country quite often. I come in and out of port regularly. And so when I get into port, I go right back into this. I go right into working, whether I'm sitting at the laptop researching or I'm like talking to a guest or what have you, that's where my, my mind's at. But when I feel that downslope, when I feel like, oh, fuck, I got to like, you know, then I just like, hey, boys, let's go drinking. They're really. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I go out once a month on, on average, I'd say once every like three to five weeks with the boys. Ty's going to come out with me tonight. Tonight? Yeah. It's Friday night. Huh? It's Friday night. I know. Where are we going? Go, go to Kachina tonight. Oh, my oh, fucking oh, Lord. I got to go to Kachina. That's so out of my comfort zone, let me tell you. Well, I mean, there's definitely some good-looking girls. Yeah. I mean, look, I got to be honest with you. On a Friday night, it all depends on what happens when the boys get home. Right, right, right. Some nights the boys get home, and it's, like, straight to work. And well, Cam's cars. out. He's, a, no, he's Cam's out Cam's out all the time right now. Cam's partying. That's a different story. Yeah. He's on, he's on that vibe right now, let me tell you. And, he, <laughs> and he's winning in that aspect. Yeah. Every day winning. So, yeah, it all depends on, like, the, the night. Like, sometimes the boys get home, and we just start working on cars. Right. And then other nights, you know, if someone's like, hey, man, let's go downtown. Like, boom, that's it. Change. Right. Shower. Let's go. Um, but being out there, for me, it's, it's tricky right now. Like, you know, I'm 45 years young. I have a mentality right now, which is all about my company and all about my business. It's what I'm geared to. And I don't go out with the idea of, hey, I'm going to go meet m- the love of my life. I'm going out because, you know, I want to go hang with my boys and let right. out some steam and have some drinks. Right. Um, being that, you know, you were in a serious situation, and you're not now. What what was that like? Well, real quick, I have yeah. to. So I was I was hanging I was hanging out with a girl last night. And we were talking about dating, whatever. And she was like, "Well, why don't you just go to the bookstore and hang around by the fantasy section of the bookstore and me and let me like when you see a girl re, like re, reading a, a, a book, just go up and talk to her." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Have you done that? Yeah, not creepy at all." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, and then she was like telling me about how she met this guy at, in, a, in a bookstore and the relationship was terrible. Like, right, it ended yeah. up being terrible. So I'm like, you're not giving me much confidence on there. And then at the <laughs> same compared time. Compared to the club is here. Yeah. She's like, you don't want to meet a girl in the club. Just go to the bookstore. She's like, go to the bookstore. I'm like, I mean, that could be a good idea. Right. I mean, I've, I've tried a bunch <laughs> of different stuff. Like, I've, I've put myself out there. In That's what girls will always tell you that. Go to the grocery yeah, store. Don't, don't go to the bar. But Go go to the grocery store. Babe, you're in the I'd bar. Lo- I would love to go to the grocery store and meet yeah, girls. But they're in the bar. <laughs> I mean, that's the unfortunate <laughs> truth about it. Like, trust me, I'm at a grocery store. I'm at the gym. Yeah. Every place you go to as a man, it's like you can't approach these girls because it's like the, the, you're infringing on their time, on their space. Well, I don't want to meet you in a bar. I honestly don't. Right. You know, because I know what happens in there. I've been there for right. freaking 20 some odd years. Right. I want to meet the girl at the grocery store. Right. But how many times do you like, hey, how you doing? No, no, don't talk to me. That's weird. Right. You just can't. Yeah. 
You got to push past that yeah. social, the being awkward at the grocery store. Oh, dude, store, I'm awkward kinda. as a motherfucker. Yeah. Are you kidding like, me? You got, it, that takes practice, you know. Listen, I'm an, it, takes, I'm, it takes a lot of rejection at the grocery store to, <laughs> to bag one. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm in a grocery store multiple hours of a day when I'm working, right? Because what yeah. I do for a living, I got to go grocery shopping and buy all the product and all the food and yeah. you know, whatever. And I'm strolling up and down these aisles nonstop. And if I see a pretty girl, I'm like, hey, how you doing? I get nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe depend depends on which grocery store. But let me tell Whole you, Whole Foods are gonna Whole have foods. a better shot, dude. <laughs> You're gonna have a better shot. But instead of saying hi, you know, maybe maybe look at what she's eating. Yeah. You know, like look at. I mean, I was, oh, you I like the Goodles mac and yeah. cheese over yeah. the craft. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Goodles. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I use the truff hot sauce. It's yeah, just yeah. a you know, it yeah. comes from the black truffle. Yeah. As opposed to it's actually good hot sauce. Oh, it's great yeah. hot sauce. Yeah. We have that. But it's true. Like sometimes, like I'll be walking, I'll be at like the meat counter, or, like whatever, and like because I'm there so often, and you know the department heads know who I am, and they know I'm placing an order. You know, someone will walk up, and I'll, I'll see what they're about to order, and or ask, they're asking a question, or whatever, and I pipe up in there, like, "Well, I'll tell you the truth." And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I cook for a living, and right away, all of a sudden, the interest does change a little bit. I'm not offensive anymore. I'm more of like a helper, and I'm like, "Well, what I do is I usually buy like the short rib, and then what I'll do is I'll grab some, and I go th- through that approach, and usually like you get a little bit of conversation." But then it's like, do you go in right after for the kills? Like, oh, can I get your number? Just be like, oh, I'm cooking something this week. You, you know, trying a new dish. You should try it. You should come by. Come on. You should by. come by. You never know. All right, hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna implement this into my practice. See what happens. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see what happens tonight, though. Roll the dice. Yes, I love playing dice. Roll the <laughs> dice, baby. <laughs> it's your turn, eh? I mean, why not, right? We go after our dreams in the same fa- in that fashion, right? We roll the dice. We go after what we want, right? But yet, in certain in certain arenas, we tend to pull back. Mm-hmm. So, so what was life like um, before? Before in, what? In, in the relationship? When I was in a relationship? Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, I guess one of the things is, a, I guess I got like too comfortable. Okay. I guess I saw things so far ahead and like didn't plan for certain certain things to go wrong. They didn't plan for certain things to to unravel. They did. Just being a little naive, I guess. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? But I guess just really enjoying being in a relationship. And everything that that is. Just yeah. Just having that person around. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoying it, you right. know? Doing those those Sunday mornings and yeah. weekday dinners and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And and where where do you think... You know, We don't have to talk about this if you don't no, want to. No, you can. Where, where, where do you think things kind of... Started to fray away. Well, in my last relationship, it was more like me being on the road. Okay. Me being on the road and just, you know, the way two different places that we were at in, li- at in life, really. Right. And um, just being apart, like, for so long, it just wasn't the easiest. Right. You know, so there was, like, the dynamics changed, basically. Like, the dynamic when we were, like, living closer versus the dynamic on the road was was not the same. So there was more, you know, obstacles to, to navigate there. Right. Based on more boundaries that were needed, more things like that, you know? Okay. I mean, it makes it difficult when one yeah. person is away for periods of time. It, right. It, it's tough. Like, I mean, I, I know I'm, like I said, I'm, I didn't even know when I was, would have been back. That's crazy. I, you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like, Oh, well, because it, there was no plan to come back necessarily. Right. Right. You were just I'm right. going on this venture. Right. But I still right. got you here. Right. But we're going to keep working at it, but I'm not sure I'm going to keep going this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, that could put some strain on a situation. Yeah, so that, that sure. puts some strain. Yeah. That puts some strain. But Okay. 
And 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 how long has it been since? Since what? Since it was it was over. I, I, two years now almost. Okay. And it was, we're, we still we still got a, a couple year, of, two years. Still got a couple of layers we're pulling off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Still there. Okay. Yeah. But but knowing that like neither party was you know innocent in the situation. Um, uh, that's not. I don't want to get into okay, any of okay, that. Okay. You know. Well, I'm just saying, like you being away on the road, that doesn't right, help right, the situation. Right, right, exactly. I'm not talking about the, yeah, 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 the other ex- exactly, exactly. Saying, that doesn't help a situation. So one has to right. take ownership over that. Right, right. Are we are we happier now? Uh, you know, I kind of think back. Did, did you ever do you ever watch um, The Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> up top, so up top, body. So okay, you ever watch The Godfather? You are too funny. The episode we recorded just before this. Not only do I watch The Godfather, but that's part of my living of life. Well, do, do you remember when he when um, Al Pacino go, goes to Italy and he and he meets this um, yeah beautiful girl there, yeah. and the first way he courts her is he goes to her dad mm-hmm. and says, "I want to marry your daughter," mm-hmm. and that was like the love of his life. Yeah, I, I wish we could go back to that time. Oh, dude, where like I go to you know you meet a girl's dad. Yeah, you go to him and you say, you know. Your daughter is something special. I want to marry her. Mm-hmm. And like he has to. The whole family comes. The whole family. It's like the whole that. village is it's on the date. Right. It's yeah. like that. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's different. I, I fully agree with you. It, the courting is not a thing that happens So that was anymore. cool. Back in the, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's something you do not see in America anymore. And even just talking about it could get me canceled, to be honest with you. But I met a girl the other night. And I was so, like, taken back by her that I was like. I wish I can just call your dad right now and just say, she's coming not? with me. But she's coming with me. <laughs> like, like giving her, giving her dad my resume and be like, this is what I got going on. You know, we can make this work as a family here. <laughs> I mean, that is literally the way shit happened back then. You would show up at the dad's house or at the family's house. Or first you'd actually have to find out who the parents are. Mm-hmm. If you met the girl, you'd have to find out. Okay, in the village, whose whose parents is her? Then you got to go find the parents. Then you got to talk to them and say, "Listen, I'm the son of so and so and so and so. This is what I'm bringing to the table. This right. is where I'm going. Do you you know? I, is this a good match? Can right. we make this this work? Right. Some would agree and some would not agree with our conversation <laughs> right now, and that's fine. And that's fine. But it does set a level of almost being a gentleman in one way because mm-hmm. you actually give a fuck that. You want to go to the family first out of respect. Right. And that's a big thing for me. Out of respect. For you, out of respect. You want to go to that father. And and it's for no other reason. You're not trying to just get laid. Right. You're out of respect. You know what, Mr. So-and-so, I'm taken back by your daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm really, really intrigued. Right. I would like this to be the rest of my life. Mm. May I bring you, the family, the village out while I take her on a date. Right. Shit like that wouldn't fly here. Oh, no. No. But, again, this is just an observation. Yeah, This absolutely. is just an observation. Godfather trilogy, man. It's like, you got to take I'm not sure if that was part two or part one. I think it was part uh, one. Uh, no, it's part two. It's part two, right? It's part two. Are you sure? No, no, no. Part two is, is, is actually... Um, is Robert De Niro's in it? Is, right. It's the flashback. Part two right. is the flashback mm. of how the Godfather got Correct. his start Correct. from the Godfather. Correct. Part one... Or is it part three? No, it's yeah, part it's one. Part one? No, it's part one. Part one. Okay. Yeah. 
because he has to him. get away. Because Al Pacino has right. to get away. Because boy, because he can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. absolutely part one. Because it's yeah. when he sh- it's he, right after he shoots uh, the policeman and the um, the head of the other family. Correct. In the Italian. And I, I watched The Godfather again recently because there's a really cool show on Paramount Plus called The Offer. You got to watch it. It's just a, right all about how The Godfather was made. You've yeah. seen it, obviously. No, not at all. You haven't seen no, it. No, but you're the second person in the past. A couple days that you got it. If you're a fan of the Godfather, you gotta watch this show. All right, it's really good. It's on Paramount. Paramount Plus, yeah. It's called the Offer. Miles Teller's in it. It's really good. All right, I'm absolutely like gonna watch this show now. I gotta go. I gotta go buy a friggin' trial on Paramount now. Yeah, you won't regret having Paramount. It's pretty good. It's good. Offer. Yeah, it's gonna change my life. You'll dig it. Yeah, you'll really dig it. I love it. I love how this shit works. Yeah, yeah, you'll really dig it. This is why I'm doing this podcast stuff because I love interacting with people and I love to see the 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 nuances on how everyone's kind of brought together. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like I interview people that um, are like minded, like myself, but are doing different types of businesses and different fields and different careers. But the commonality amongst all of us will come through the actual end and um, end project here, and just the fact that like you know you're the second second guest that is literally. Brought up the Godfather yeah. in the conversation, then brought up the offer from Paramount. So I'm I'm very intrigued now to watch this show. I'm, I'm super yeah yeah. Well, it. it it's just how the Godfather got made and and just everything that went through to get that yeah. movie made. It's really incredible stuff. So okay, I'm intrigued by it. So you're you're big into movies. You're yeah, movie yeah, I'm yeah. big into movies. Yeah. And do you bring any of that into your like your daily life or into your career? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. What what would you say is like a couple of uh, intricate movies that you've watched that have Back to the like, Future really is probably the most integral movie and in like yeah who I am as a person like really I think, let's yeah. touch on that a little bit yeah go for it yeah how does Back to the Future what part of Back to the which character or characters I mean Mar- like bit? Marty McFly I think was genuinely like my hero like growing up like tra- being able to travel through time you know. You know, skateboarding and hoverboarding and and um, you know going into the wild west and jumping on trains yeah. and you know what Adven- I mean adventuring. Yeah, right. um, that well that that movie definitely played a big a pivotal role in like my my creative who I am as a creative because I, I I I do I'm very interested in like pop culture right and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, yeah the. I grew, I was born in '84, so you know, a lot, lot of movies from from that era, like the yeah. Indiana Jones and Indiana Back Jones. to the Future yeah. and and stuff like that. You know, are like big pop culture like was, inspirations to me, like that I kind of try to incorporate. It was a great time growing up in that time. I'm I'm a few years uh, before you, but all those movies were were huge for us. And pop culture is I love talking about pop culture because it, it's what you and I do for a living, whether people realize it or not. Oh yeah. Is, being relatable to so many people, pop culture is, is popular because it hits an emotion amongst so many different people. Right. And like music, it hits so many different people on so many different levels. You can play one song and have 15 people in a room that are all different personalities and they can all feel on a different level and amazement towards that one song that you right. played. And that, that is what becomes pop culture. Um, you know, talking about motivation and inspiring and, and helping others like that's again, sharing that vulnerable state that you are, that's pop culture because so many people can relate to it. It's relatable. Um, I find it fascinating though, that like back to the future is one of those movies that really helped 
with your creative flow. Oh yeah, it, it it is an epic epic trilogy. Yeah, I mean, I can just remember as a kid, like if I was like sick from school or something, mm-hmm. eating chicken noodle soup and watching the trilogy. And I, back then, you had the VHS, so I would like yeah. set up the V like the VHSs just right, so there was no preview. So like right when you started the second one, it was like exactly at the point when the first one ended. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love that you took that much time with a VHS. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you out. had to, you had to, 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 to put it right there. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. want to like the previews, no brief, like nah. right when the first one stopped, the second, second one came, and it was like right in it. Do you travel? Yeah. Okay. Have you been to Spain? No. Barcelona. Okay. You need to put Barcelona on on your okay. list, and I really, really hope that this place is still there when you get there. I, uh, I was there when I was there. I've been there twice. And there's a bar called Polaroid, epic Polaroid from back, you know, in the 80s. And uh, I actually have a photo of the two street names that it's on. Mm-hmm. But if you Googled Polaroid bar in Barcelona, it's down by the waterfront. It's really cool. This whole bar, is it's small. It's uh, similar size to four, let's say, okay. in, in the inside. The whole thing is decked out and all of that stuff. Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. Mm. Uh, it's all... The, the 80s movies, paraphernalia, and TV shows we used to watch, like He-Man, mm-hmm. um, all the figurines. They have these glass cases with all the different figurines. And you remember, like, before Blockbuster, we just went to, like, a movie rental store? Yeah. Like, just I, a the, regular... Well, this... <laughs> yeah. So, I've seen that come full circle. When when I was... Back then, there was a, a video store called Cypress Video that I used to, like, walk to to get movies, yeah. you know what I mean? And, like, the guy who owned it, John, was, like, my friend, you know? And I, I couldn't watch PG-13 movies or R-rated <laughs> movies at the time, so I used to, like, look up at the horror movies and just be fascinated. Like, I have to see that. Like, the shocker. It's just these weird VHS, like, VHS, like, movie yeah. boxes that I, like, yeah. really needed to see, you know what I mean? Um, I just remember that time. And then when Blockbuster came in, they put them, they put... They put John's store out of business. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And then Netflix came along and put, put Blockbuster out of business. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all those, remember you, you could get those movie posters? You could like buy yeah. the actual movie posters? So this bar, Polaroid, is literally the whole inside of it. It's like all wallpaper with all these different movie posters. It's like, if you want to go to like a nostalgic type place, but you yeah. have, a, have a scotch or like a nice drink. I mean, they make wonderful drinks there, but the whole atmosphere was just absolutely wonderful. And they actually had some uh, some velvet and velour couches. There you chairs. go. Yeah, so I was in heaven. Actually. There you go. Yeah. Pop culture and velvet yeah. couches. I can't go wrong with that, right? I love it. <laughs> I swear to God, if I could yeah. wrap myself in velour every day, I would. Yeah. Well, I can and I will. <laughs> <laughs> so is there is there any other uh, movies that you would, uh, you know, come to mind that you think uh, influenced your life to get you to where you are? Mm, yeah, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot. Um one of the one of the stranger ones is, would be the show X Files when I was a kid. Okay, David uh, Duchovny. David uh, Duchovny. Yeah. I wanted to be like David Duchovny. I was from like, X Files. From X Files. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. 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 Like I just thought the whole like unraveling conspiracies and like finding aliens. I was obsessed with aliens at the right. time when I was a kid. You know. Um, I mean, they're, yeah, they're out there. So yeah, I I don't know. I I gravitated toward him, but because I got into X Files, that was kind of like the gate my gateway drug into horror movies. Okay. And then I started going like, cause I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I had to like make friends that had horror movies, gotcha. you know what All I'm right. saying? <laughs> Go to their house to watch horror movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but the X-Files and Goosebumps books, like as a kid, like opened up the door for like my love of like 
slasher flicks and like okay and 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 horror movies interesting all right yeah yeah, yeah. so are those friends still friends or were they they were just getting um, oh man <laughs> i wish I, I i wish i was still friends with uh the first uh kid who 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 he had every single horror movie you can think of he had like every that he's actually one of the reasons i got into hip-hop believe okay. it or not all right because like um this is a, in, this is interesting because I was selling like chocolate bars back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Um, for school, you had to like go sell chocolate bars or whatever. And I, I knocked on somebody's door and like the you know I, I, somehow the the guy who answered the door was talking about asking me talking about movies or whatever. I was telling him I'm a huge X Files fan. He's like, really? The kid next door that just moved in is a huge X Files fan, and like you guys should meet or whatever. I was like, okay. And then, like, he ends up knocking on my door one day. Really? Yeah, like, there the kid ends up, like, knocking on my door one day. He's like, hey, I'm new to the neighborhood. Like, you want to be friends? Right. And his mom used to just buy him, like, all the music CDs, all the all the horror movies. So when I went over to his house and I was watching, like, Freddy Krueger or something, he pulls out uh, Wu-Tang was what he pulled out first. But then he gave me... Bone Thugs and Harmony, East 99 Eternal. Get out of here. Right? Once I heard that, that's what changed my whole music perspective. That album, East yeah. 99 Eternal by Bone Thugs and Harmony, was like pivotal in me doing music or me in my, my introduction to hip hop. It's so funny. I can actually remember the person that introduced me to Bone Thugs. Yeah. And I was like, I was 16 or 17, and it was. Uh, Two guys, uh, Scott Rosenthal and uh, Ross Barr, actually. I was in a youth group in, in, in high school, and I was in Cleveland. That's where they're from. Oh, wow. And uh, Bone Thugs are coming out. They're becoming big, and they're like, you got to listen to this. And, and I mean, I was already into rap back yeah. then and, and hip-hop. I mean, I didn't. I was a little I, more into the, like, Green Day and the alternative stuff at that point okay, when I was younger. Okay. Before. I mean, that was all, I met all, this... all the same time. Like, right. The, the music was all really, really good back right. then. Um but yeah, it's kind of funny. Like I remember exactly who got me into Bone Thugs. That's wild. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I haven't so, thought about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I heard Bone Thugs and Harmony, and like, and then I, that was just like obsessed with like the West Coast rap. Right. Like that led me into the West Coast rap, like Warren G and Snoop and Tupac mm-hmm. and every and all the, all that stuff. And then he he also had like these Miami bass tapes, like back in the DJ Uncle Al. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Like I don't. But so it's I, very specific toward Miami. Right. There was a, a like a Miami like base era. Uncle Luke, Two Life Crew, the Gucci Crew, like things like that. Tapes like that. Like so, mm-hmm. I would I would be listening to tape tapes Actual like that. Cassettes. Yeah, and then in middle school, I ended up sitting next to this kid who was really into like hip hop, hip like the New York hip hop. Okay. Because I was more I, I was from Miami, so mm-hmm. like it was more like booty bass and 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 like West Coast stuff. But um, then he he made me a tape. This kid that was sitting next to me in middle school, yeah, must have been like seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever. He gives me a tape, and on this tape it had Gangstar, Slick Rick, and Dougie Fresh. Uh, and it was it was that it was Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh and Gangstar and um, Rakim and and like the original pioneers of hip hop, right? And that's what like really was like okay, wow, this is more this is more than just like 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 gang banging and, and, mm-hmm. and selling dope, you know, right, this is like right. something like cool, you know, artistry. Yeah. 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 So I got into the, like the East coast, like stuff, like the more hip hop stuff. And right. D, you know, DJ premier was a big, um, a big inspiration with that. Like he's, he, he was just, you know, doing stuff that I, I had, 
that was really soulful and mm-hmm. you know really cool and uh so, so I mean, yeah. music's been with you for a long time. Now. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about when you were a kid listening to this. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I was a kid, but not just listening to it. You were like really gravitating to it. Like you were actually yeah. falling in love with like what these yeah. people were saying. Well, because I was a big horror fan and stuff like that. And like the, I was very interested in like the occult and aliens and stuff. I think that was one of the reasons I connected with the Bone, Bone Thugs album okay. so much. Not only was it like melodic and mm-hmm. and but it was like street and like satanic almost mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is cool you know, it, know. It, it grabbed you it, it just it drew you in right it drew you in right um i do want to uh before we go further because i don't want to forget this but um, so yeah that read, read away okay, on this so, passage so yeah so that's so, so cool so from uh last night at dj saved my life the history of disc jockey um you know because i saw you post it on instagram i wanted to buy this book and i got that's into so it cool. and, and i gotta be honest with you, i love it for a couple of reasons so i have a bunch of books over here one side is books i've read one side of books i'm reading and I'm, I'm i'm i was never a reader when i was growing up i literally paid people in high school to do my uh my my yeah. school work whatever and in the past year i've gotten into reading so much that I, I just i pick up a book and i read it and i can't stop nice and i love the fact that obviously i have a love for music i have a respect for your your industry and what you do for a living that it's no surprise to mine that when I picked this up, like I was able to read this with ease. Cool. And I even, I'm one of those funny people. I read the preface. Damn. Well, me too. I got to, yeah. I got to get into that. I wouldn't even it been is, able to open epic. it yet. So I came to this part and right away I, like, I had to highlight and I'm like, I need, I need to, you know, share this. So a truly great DJ just for a moment can make a whole room fall in love because you see DJing is not just about choosing a few tunes. It is about generating shared moods. It's about understanding the feelings of a group of people and directing them to a better place. Mm. In the hands of a master, rec- records create records create rituals of spiritual communion that can be the most powerful events in people's lives. Wow. I mean, that hit me at home That's so, so hard, cool. Dude. Because like I said before. That's so cool, dude. When I would go and dance for five, six hours, yeah. <clears throat> I was looking at that DJ with that exact... Yeah, in my mind, you're you're giving me something that I'm going to look back on and smile and love for the rest of my life. That's really cool. So I honestly want to thank you for doing what you do for a living. Dude, thank you. Because it's not an easy task. It's not simple at all. It takes great craftsmanship and Mm. artistry to put together a set and to give people something that they're going to hold on to for a lifetime for, for those moments when life is thrown at them and they need something to look back on and be happy about, you're the creator of that moment. So I thank you for doing that for a career. It means a lot to me. Well, I thank you for taking the time to understand that, you know what I yeah. mean, and, and just share that because, like, you know, it, it, DJing right now, in this is a, it's a dime a dozen. So, like, to, to you know, to, to see it like that is, is real. It, it, it makes my work more worthwhile, you know. That's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy that, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm always about trying to put myself in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm highly the only, I'm, I doubt that I'm the only person that feels that way about what you do for a living. So very cool. Keep doing it. I love what you do. Appreciate I, you. I love brother. you as a human being, man. Uh, we're going to sit down. This is going to be times. a great year. This yeah. is going to be a great year. I think yeah. we're, yeah, we're going to, we're definitely going to, we're going to step it up. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely going to be a great year. We're, we're hungry, and it's our turn to eat, right? Absolutely. I'm at the fucking table. Oh, yeah. I've been cooking food for too long. I want to fucking eat now. Time to break some bread. That's it. We're going to do it often. 
Um, I want to thank you for coming here on the show today on Life Choices Podcast. It's been an absolute I really appreciate pleasure. you thinking of me and having me here. Absolutely. That really man. means a lot. Yeah. Doors always open, like Very I said, cool. right? And for all of you following us here on Life Choices Podcast, thank you for coming out uh, this week. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming out for another week here on the Life Choices Podcast. Don't forget to scroll on down and hit the subscribe button. Like, share, comment. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. Uh, don't forget to hit the bell and get notified when we post our YouTubes. And always remember, everyone, journey. You are now about the journey. Life, 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 life choices podcast.